Good morning. Keep it like weird, but 
have it on file um, is to if you fill out this connect card. So we would love for you to do that. We will not over inundate you with stuff, all right? Uh, but we do want to connect with you. And so let's take a couple minutes. If you're in the room, say what's up to somebody in the room. But what I would love for you to do is fill out that connect card. Um, and if you don't do it right now, do it at some point today. There's a place on there where you can put prayer requests. Real life people are actually praying with you uh, about those situations that you put on there. All right? So let's take a couple minutes. Say what's up to somebody in the room. Fill out that connect card. We'll be right back.
the sandwich of breakfast doesn't stay as long as we wanted it to, so we needed to switch to the foil-wrapped classic sandwich at 10.30, and that's what we're going to do. And so, um, and so we just want to bless those people. Here's what I would love for you guys to do, too. If you, I'd love for you, first of all, just to pray about this uh, and then see what God may say. What is it that you could do this year at Medella Elementary? And you might say, man, I'm, my schedule is packed right now, and I would say I believe you. Like, I'm not doubting you, um, but could, could you give an hour a week? Could you give an hour every other week? And it is, if, you, if you want to do that, you have to be a school-approved volunteer. That costs $25, and if you're saying, well, 25 bucks, I can't really afford that right now, we got you, all right? If, it, if, it, if it's you volunteering or not volunteering at Bell Elementary because of $25, we will pay for that for you. We want to see our people from Lakeland Vineyard over there involved in the kids' lives, teaching them how to read, uh, teaching them how to write, uh, reading to them, all right? It's these kind of things that they're going to need. I'm going to know a greater uh, in greater detail coming on the 31st of this month of exactly what the need is, but I can tell you that the need is great. All right? If you could be a mentor, oh, I don't even, I don't even look at myself as a mentor. I would just say, ask God. All right? And if you have any time that you could give, that would be amazing. It would be uh, greatly appreciated. You know, um, I think about... Um, what our, what our church does over there, I've been thinking about this over the last few days. Um, and when I say our church, I would love for our church body. You guys give so much towards that, but I would love to see you guys over there interacting with that, right? And because here's what the deal is. We don't do a ton of stuff here at Lake Dominion. We don't have a sports program. Uh, we have small groups. We have ministry to uh, Medell Elementary, we have missions, uh, and we have Sunday morning services, and then outside of that, we hang out individually, maybe you guys have some friends with me here, we hang out, and here's what the deal is, I don't ever want to apologize for that, because here's what I want to do, I want to lean into what we do, and I want to do it so well, I want us to do it well, I don't want us to do 500 things okay, I want us to do like four things great. And so that's what I believe God has called us to do. That's the direction that we're going. We want to lean into Medella Elementary School because those 450 kids' lives are connected to thousands of lives. And we want to see a kingdom difference made in this part of our city called Medella. And so I just invite you uh, into that. I want to bring the one, the only. Uh, <laughs> music. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I want to bring Lee Gore. Lee Gore is our small groups coordinator. Uh, and I want to tell you a little something about Lee. And because we got to meet uh, this week. And I think it's, it's this week. It's all going together. All right. We got to meet this week. And when I tell you that Lee <coughs> is passionate about small groups, here's what I want to tell you that she's not going to tell you. She is passionate not about small groups as a, as a checklist of, hey, good, we did that. All right. Here's her passion is this. Her passion is that community would be built.
community called church would be built in Lakeland Vineyard, that the body of Christ would function. And as it were today, we're going to actually get to talk about that a little bit, right? And so her passion is that people would actually be able to build community, know one another, be able to walk with Jesus together so that we could be better together than we are apart from one another. And so when we talk about small groups, I just want to encourage you this. It's not just another thing during the week. Now listen, I don't want to tell you what to do. Right? Because I do realize this, that every situation is unique, but I will tell you this. You can find encouragement and community in these small groups. And if that's what you're looking for, if you're looking to follow Jesus, I just encourage you to be a part of one of these groups. Right? And that's not a guilt trip. That's not anything. I just want to say that, is that, that it's one of the things that we do, and it's one of the things that we want to start doing even better. We want to start building a culture of small groups here at Lakeland Bend. Right? And so when I tell you that I bring Leah up, I'm like, yeah, Leah's really passionate about small groups. She loves small groups. She does. And she loves community. And she loves seeing the church function like it's supposed to. And so without further ado, Lee Gore, let's get it up. that's infiltrating our churches. 
Um, you know, had, we've heard a lot of buzzwords over the last couple of years, woke, you know, progressive, um, deconstruction, people leaving the faith. And so um, that's kind of what this book is about, the, the why do we believe what we believe, um, and, you know, kind of touches on some of those cultural aspects of where the, of what's happening in the church and today. And that is Monday evenings at 6.30, we share a meal together, cover dish style, um, and Rick makes an awesome salad if you can order. Um, but anyway, so that's Monday evenings, 6.30, and at our home, and the address will be provided later for those who are coming. Um, the next one is Thursday evenings at 6.30, and this is, uh, or actually, um, before Thursday, we have Tuesday, um, Dave and Jan Baker, um, online Zoom group, and they will be studying the book of Galatians. You do not need a book for that, just your Bible, correct? Right. Yeah, just your Bible. They're going to be going through the book of Galatians, and Dave is our renowned theologian, so he's <laughs> a lot of good insight. And he really is a great teacher. Um, so anyway, that will be a, a, a great study as well for the book of Galatians on um, Tuesday evenings at 6.30, and if you sign up for that, the Zoom link will be provided for that. Then Thursday evenings, I don't think they'll be sharing a meal together unless you're going to eat in front of each other. On the <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, Thursday evenings at 6.30 is Scott and Nikki Smith, if you could raise your hand back there, or kind of up front. Um, and if, this will be at their home also Thursday evenings, and they are going to be going through the book, um, Person of Interest. And this is just it's an awesome book. We did this one last semester, and it really um, it focuses on why Jesus matters, why he is a man of influence. And it comes from the story. It's a retired cold case detective that was an atheist and was sitting in church one Sunday, and because he had, you know, he had been kind of compelled to go, he wasn't a believer. And the pastor had made the comment that Jesus was the smartest man that ever lived, and he was like, you know, how can he make that claim? And, so it sent him on this journey. He ended up you know, finding the Lord and all of that. But he used his cold case investigative skills to prove that Jesus was a man of influence through all areas, culture, you know, arts, everything. And he used ancient um, resources and stuff like that. He used um, everything except for the New Testament. So he did not use the New Testament to prove the, um, that Jesus was the man of influence. So it's very good. Um, and that's Thursday evenings at um, 6.30 at Scott Nicky's home. The, the ones that have books, if you, like I said, online, those links are provided for um, Amazon. If you have, uh, I know this one is on Barnes & Noble and ChristianBook.com. Um, so I think there's, you know, and you can Google search the book if you want to order it somewhere else and any of the other books to um, find those. Anyway, there are sign-ups in the back, and you can, you know, talk with some of the people that are leading if you need more information. Um, but once you sign up, they will, the leader will contact you and give you all the information that you need as far as specifics if they're going to do a meal or where the Zoom link and those things. So anyway, I hope to see all of you sign up for a group. Okay, here's the, uh, I'm just kidding. 
anyway, I just wanted to uh, say thank you to anybody who uh, put their hands to work on the playground out here. The playground for our kids is finally done. Uh, if you want to go see it, you can go outside. Uh, preferably not now, but it's there. We still have to spread a little bit of mulch, but it's, it's pretty much done. And so thank you to everyone who did that. That has been literally a year uh, in the making. So it is finished now. Your kids can play on it. It's going to be really, uh, really cool. All right. And just invite you to do it. Like, you want to have you and your kids and somebody else's kids come up here and use it during the week. It, it's not going anywhere. It just sits there. So uh, come in and use it. So thank you guys for doing that and putting it together. Really appreciate it. Uh, if you stand with me, we're going to read uh, the scriptures and prayer uh, that we've been reading as we go through the Gospel of John here. Um, and so Philippians 3, 10 and 11, um, and it says this, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another, Last week, um, we had to stop a little short because of the time and school supplies, and that was well worth it. And also, just want to say thanks to anybody who participated in that. 450 bags were packed, um, or 420 bags were packed, or something like that, on that Sunday morning. 30 more got back, so they're all ready uh, to roll. So, thank you for doing that. Uh, and so, we talked about the last week, we, we begin to talk about this. Uh, this concept of Jesus being uh, the vine, we're the branches that we're going to connect to the to uh, Jesus, and we need to stay connected to Jesus. And I gave this example of my friend's forty-year-old oak tree that he had to cut down because at the core of it, it wasn't any good, although it looked good on the exterior. And and the first takeaway that we had last week uh, was the interior life matters. Right? And the interior life does matter. What we see over time is from the inside out, we're changed. If we try to change from the outside in, what we end up with is this, this thing okay, that looks good on the outside but doesn't have anything at the core. Right? And so we could be dead spiritually in our core but look like we're doing fine exteriorly. Let me tell you something, that is a bad place to be, all right? And I want to tell you that because I've been there before, right? Where I looked great on the outside and was rotting on the inside, right? And so what, what I see is that there's this switch that's happened in my life where and I do not have a perfected, and please don't feel like I do or... Maybe I don't want you to feel like you do either because you don't. And so, um, but we're, we're shifting this focus to the interior life that, God, would you change me at the depths of me so that from the innermost being, I could become more like you. And what I've noticed is as that happens, as we're connected to the vine that is Jesus, what happens is that our thought processes begin to change. The way that we react begins to change. 
Do you get it 100% right 100% of the time? No. Do I? No. All right, but what we notice is our life begins to change. Our, our motives begin to change. And so the interior life matters. We're going to pick up in verse 9 of chapter 15 here. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. It'll be up there on the air Bible behind me. If you have a Bible, great. I want to encourage you. If you have a physical Bible, start bringing that bad boy. All right. Start bringing that thing. All right. Uh, if you want to, and if you want it to look, when you look down at your Bible and you want it to like look exactly like mine, it's just called the New Living Translation. It's well, that's just what I read. All right. And so here we go. Uh, chapter fifteen, verse nine. Uh, and we're going to read through 12 here. It reads like this. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love, let's just stop right there, all right, in the same way that I have loved you, all right? What does that mean, all right? Because uh, the Beatles had a great song, right, and it had these lyrics. What is it? All we need is love, love, love. All we need is love. Okay, good. You guys, you guys listen to the Beatles? I thought you were Christian. Okay, so, no, I'm just kidding. And so there's this, there's this thing here that it sounds so good, right? Like, all we need, man, love always wins, man. And I'm just throwing the man on there because it just makes it sound more hippie. Um, no, we can. And so, but what is the difficulty in loving each other? Even though it's a command that Jesus has given us, and, and I want to present this to you. Maybe the problem that I'm having, maybe the problem that you're having, loving others. Even now, I'm talking about not this. Is, I'm talking about the people that you don't like. Okay, I'm talking about the people that have maybe like this a different view than you. All right, and it might not even be. You, I mean, the big thing now is like we have just we just have different political views. I couldn't I couldn't be a friend of X, Y, and Z. Okay. Uh, they believe this, I just can't be around them. That, my friends, I want to present to you, is ridiculous. Right? Uh, and so, here's what the deal is. I want to present this to you. Maybe we can't love one another well because we're not finding our life in the vine. We're not finding our life in Christ. We're finding our life elsewhere. And so when we find our life Elsewhere, and we're not trying to live from or in Christ, then we are not succeeding at loving other people well. I mean, I like other people, man. You know, like, I mean, they don't bother me that much, but do you love them? Right? And so, I want to take it back, though, because the interior life matters. And when we're continuously grinding against the true life that is Jesus, uh, how are we supposed to love others well? Let me ask you this question. If we're continually grinding against the work, the kingdom work in our life, of Christ in our life, how are we even supposed to love ourselves well? 
much less love others well. And so I believe that, that Jesus is calling us to, to love one another. And here's what this lie has been told for all of humanity. You can do it on your own. You can do it on your own. You can forge your own path. You can eat that fruit from that tree that God told you not to eat from. It's not a big deal. You can do it your way. And what did Adam and Eve say? You know what? You're right. And then some of you might be saying, well, Eve said that. No, Adam was complicit, okay? Like, come on, dude. Right? This woman you gave me. What? Can take home? Be a man. Right? And so here's the deal. We've been doing this, though. We'll make our own way. Your destiny is in your hands. No. No. You can't do it your own way. And, and live a life of true fulfillment. You cannot do it your own way. There's a passage in a book in the Bible called Ephesians. And it reads like this. Ephesians 4, 1 through 4. It says, Therefore, I, a prisoner, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. This is Paul writing to the Ephesians. And he says, Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's fault because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, that is capital S, the Holy Spirit, um, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one Spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. What does that sound like? Well, let's see. Let's check it out. Patient. Gentleness. Peacefulness. You getting close? Anybody? What does that sound like? I'll give you some loot. It's in the book called God. Goliath. Goliath is in the book of the Bible. Thank you. Okay, but <laughs> fruits of the Spirit, right? And we're going to talk about that in just a second, but check out uh, 1 Corinthians. Turn with me here. Yes, and if you're wondering, you're online, you didn't get to witness it. That was one of my sons. Hey, buddy, theologian. All right, here we go. The book of Goliath. Right. And so it's all good. We gotta learn. Okay, I'm gonna read this one verse to you. First, what? Oh, I'm sorry. Twelve. It helps. First Corinthians twelve. Twelve. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. And then he goes on. So it is with the body of Christ. You are many parts. Let me just put it this way. We can't do this without you. Lakeland Vineyard will suffer without you. The church, Capital C Church, will suffer without you. You might be a guest here and thinking, I'm not even from here, man. Like, I can't be part of Lakeland Vineyard. Okay, you're cool. If you're part of the Capital C Church, the church <laughs> needs you. The bride of Christ needs you to function as a follower of 
of Jesus Christ, impacting the world that is around you. All right? And some people say, well, sometimes I feel like the little pinky toe. Can I tell you a story? <laughs> Can I tell you a story? We were on vacation. Because uh, I want to clear the air, first of all. Jen did not kick me. She's not wearing a boot because she kicked me, okay? Uh, here is the deal. Jen got in a kayak on vacation, and this is her foot. Her toes aren't this big. This is not to scale. And so, <laughs> and so she got out, and she's like, oh. <laughs> and the pinky toe's like this. And I thought, that ain't right. right. That was my first profound thought. And so what I did was I said, hey, just hold on a second. And I went through my, all my medical training. Uh, and I took a high school, I was like in honors biology. So that was the extent of my medical training. So, but I've seen stuff happen on videos before. And so it was here. And I said, hold on a second. This is probably going to hurt. And I said, boom! Like I said, I didn't say boom because I was scared. her. I just counted one, two, boom! And it, and it went back. And I thought, oh, about myself. Now, I'm not going to go through the specific words that came out of Jim's mouth because we have children and people might get offended by those words, but here's Jim. And so that came out. She was in pain. She was crying. I felt like I had done something good, but you don't want to look in that moment. And so the deal is, what we found, though, um, was, wow, that, that pinky toe, it made a big difference. Normally, Jen walks like this. Let me show you. Well, I don't know how she specifically walked. Kind of walked like this. She's after someone. But she was walking like this. So I thought, wow, that little toe is like super important, right? And so she comes back, we come back from vacation, you know, she's, I'm fine, lady. I'm fine. Why don't you just go to the doctor? I'm fine. I don't, well, I know you're fine. Listen, I'm giving this, but, okay, that was, okay, so, uh, and so I said, just go to the doctor. She goes to the doctor, which later on she told me she was going to go anyways. And so she didn't need for me to tell her that. And so she goes, she's broken her pinky toe, the, I don't even know what you call the next one in, the next toe in. All right. Again, I don't want to get into medical terms. You guys might not understand. And so um, she broke this toe and possibly the third, but they couldn't tell. But I will say this, and this isn't a brag, but it is. Um, both doctors that she went to said, man, your husband saved you from surgery. Okay, stop. All right. 
trying to make a point here. All right, so here's the deal. First John 4, 7 uh, says this. I'm going to be reading a lot here, so just pay attention. Go along with me here, because I think this is super important. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us, and his love is brought to full expression in us. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. All who declare that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them, and they will live, or they live in God. We know much how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who love, who live in love, live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid of the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Christ Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we were afraid, it was, fear, it was for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because he loved us First, if someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? And he has given us this command. Those who love God must also love their fellow believers. I want to encourage you this morning to love one another. Again, I'm not one of the guys that, you know, you're just going to be in this relationship with everybody in friendship and everybody in the room. You know, we say here is this, um, be known, know somebody and be known by somebody. That is the reality. Be known by somebody and know somebody, right? And you might know three or four somebodies well, right? We were talking with one of our daughters the, the other night. And we said, you know, the reality of it is this, that you're going to have this, you might have 30 friends. And Jen was saying that she had this group of 30 friends, and I was like, yeah, babe, but how many of them were actually like, you know, your inner circle? And it ended up being four. And, and so what you find is as we walk together, you're going to have this inner circle of people. But I want to encourage you this as believers, love one another. Be patient, be kind, long-suffering. And this is how we, how we do this thing called following Jesus. We do it with each other. And that's really the heartbeat of what Lee was talking about. It's not about showing up somewhere, checking off a box. It's about becoming 
uh, more like Christ and doing what he's called us to do. And so in um, John, back to John 15, 13 through 17, it says this. It continues. There's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master does not confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends. Since I have told you everything the Father told me, you didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command. Love each other. The final point that I want to take, the takeaway here, is this. You are a friend of God. You are a friend of God. Now, I want to encourage you with this, or I want to tell you this truth, too. You can choose to make yourself an enemy of God. But you are the one that's an enemy to God. He loves you still. Because God is love. You are a friend of God. He has chosen you. And I guess the question I want to ask this morning is, will you respond to the calling of Jesus in your life? See, because he loves you, he accepts you, and will you respond to the invitation to follow Jesus? He cares for you. Will you come to the family of God? Will you put Jesus as Lord of your life? Because you're no longer a slave. You have the inside track. You're not held at bay. You're invited in. And that decision lies in your hands. And what, what are some things that, that keep us at bay? Well, that, that book we talked about previously, Galatians. I just want to look at something here. I'm going to list some things that may keep us at bay. All right? Um, things that are opposite of what the Spirit. It says this, the Holy Spirit guides your life. Um, then you won't do anything your sinful nature craves. How many of you guys have a sinful nature in here? Anybody? Has anybody missed the mark in the last what was week? All right. How many of you guys had a good ride here this morning? In silence because there was an argument right before. <laughs> John, remember once said in a, in a thing that he was giving, he said, I didn't even know arguing before church was a thing that all Christians do. <laughs> uh, we were doing it right. And so, and, and so, uh, and so anyways, it says this, that, that you have these two forces, they're fighting against one another, and it says this, maybe some of these are keeping you at bay, or you think they're keeping you at bay. Maybe it's your desire, sinful nature that says this, Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. And this is not, I want everybody to understand this is Paul just, uh, Paul. yeah, this is Paul just telling as it is. This isn't mean. 
Like, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. I would just like to encourage you to read it like he's not reading it like a raging madman. But he says this, that the Holy Spirit that's supposed to be living in you will produce this kind of life. And what does, where does that fruit come from? It comes from when we're connected to the vine that is Jesus. It will produce this, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There are no laws against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. What is this passage saying? In verse 24 hit me like a sock full of pennies. It says this, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed their passions to the cross. How many times have we come to God and said, just take it away, God. Take this away. But how many times have we just held on to it? Take it away, Lord. We go through this motion of, you know, here, take it, God, but I like it. And I wonder, for some in the room this morning, how many of them, we have a part to play. We nail our passions and desire for the sinful nature to the cross, and we crucify them there. Right. It's what we're called to do. Now, I want to say this. There's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Well, I struggle with this. Hey, I would love for you to join the club. Everybody in this room is struggling with something. I want to read this passage to you. And I think this is, we'll wrap up here. This is so important. Romans 5, 12 through 21 says this. When Adam sinned, remember Adam we talked about earlier? When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so that death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. Yes, people sinned even before the law was given, but it was not counted as sin because there was not yet any law to break. Still, everyone died. From the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even those who did not disobey an explicit commandment of God as Adam did, now Adam is a symbol, a representation of Christ, who was yet to come. But there is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of the one man, Adam, brought death to many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through the other man, Jesus Christ. And the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of the one man's sin. Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift leads to our being made right with God, even though we are guilty of many sins. For the sins of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness for all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death.
through this one man, Jesus Christ. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and new life for everyone. Because one person disobeyed, many became sinners. But because one person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they are. But as people sin more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. So just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead, giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life, catch this, through Jesus Christ our Lord. I want to encourage you this morning that here we are, we stand at a space where we can follow Adam or we can follow Jesus. We can become more like Jesus or we can become more like Adam. And when we turn our back and we walk towards and become more like Adam, we're turning our back to Jesus. And here's what I would encourage you this morning to turn towards Jesus that we can become more like Jesus. It's a choice. We stand in the balance of the choice right now. We stand in it every day. We talk about taking up our cross daily. That's what it is. We're either going to go this way towards Adam we're going to go this way towards Christ. And there are times, let's be real, that we want to just, we want to have this slight turn, don't we? We want to look back. We want to say, man, that those things were so, but this is the thing. This is eternal. This is momentary. Was the apple that good? No. It wasn't. Was the thing that you're going to do, is the thing that you're going to do and turn your back on Christ that good? I can guarantee you, no, it isn't. Because there is nothing better than this. Amen. That is the hope that is found in Jesus Christ. We are simply saying this. We are saying no. We are rejecting the way of Adam. And we are turning to a new life that is found in Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you this morning. Well, I've tried it before. I want to tell you this. Try it again because he's there and waiting for you and loves you with his arms wide open. That's right. There is hope for you in this place this morning. There's hope for you in Christ this morning. C.S. Lewis, in Mere Christianity, <clears throat> a group being offered at Lake Vineyard. <laughs> So, he's, he's talking about being in Christ. He says, in the, in the same way, a Christian is not a man who never goes wrong. Oh, thank you, God. Right? But a man who is enabled to repent and pick himself up and begin over again after each stumble because the Christ life is inside him, repairing him all the time, enabling him to repeat in some degree the kind of voluntary death which Christ carried himself or carried out himself. This is why the Christian is no is in a different position from other people who are trying to do good. They hope by being good to please God if there is one, or if they don't think there is a God, 
At least they hope to deserve approval from good men. But the Christian thinks any good he does comes from Christ's life inside him. He does not, I want you to get this, he does not think God will love us because we are good, but that God will make us good because he loves us. Just as the roof of a greenhouse does not attract the sun because it is bright, but it becomes bright because the sun shines. Some of you I know more, and some of you I've just met, and I just want to say this. I mean that, that, that God is doing something in this place. Amen. God is moving on the hearts of his people, and I just want to encourage you to say yes to God. If you've said no to God a hundred times before, I want to encourage you to say yes to God. Uh, here's the beauty about God. He is there, and he loves you. You know, Paul goes on in that passage in, 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 in Romans 6 and says, well, what does it mean then that we should send more that grace would abound? No. Here's what he's saying. Your life is going to be transformed as you live this Christ life out. The graciousness of God is so overwhelming. And when we see it happen in real time in our lives, it changes us forever. So let's, uh, let's pray. Let's be quiet for a moment. Is that okay? Holy Spirit, just come in this place.
encouraging you that, that God is meeting the deepest parts of, he sees you, and he's meeting you at the deepest parts of who you are. And so I just want to pray, is that cool? Mm -hmm. I just pray, we pray for a man, God, that you, thank you that she's your daughter, that you see her, God, that you would just continue to move. I just want to pray for, um, you don't have to raise your hand on this, but I would highly recommend that you come and get a prayer afterwards if you have this sense of hopelessness lately. I pray for that. But you, Jesus, you are hope. And in you we find our hope and we find life. Whomever that is in the room, God, I pray that you would just come and have your way, that you would fill them I just want to I just want to give a general call for people who uh, who don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior I just want to you know, give you an opportunity to be up here there's going to be some people that are going to be up here um, to come and do that they're going to be right over here Steve all of you guys right here they're going to be right here if that's you and you say yeah I want to give my life to Jesus we're going to dismiss here in a second, and then I want you to come and just and talk to these people, Steve and Paula, and talk to them. And then before we leave, I think we'd just be remiss not to pray for our teenagers who are going back to school. Right. Um, if everybody else, if you want to sit down, let's make it awkward for them. Let's try to sit down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're not only teenagers, I mean, if you're not a teenager, you're going back to school and you're going to be a student at school or in the home school or whatever you're going to do, we want to pray with you. We go grab, Lindsay, we go grab Jen. She's right outside there. Yeah, tell her to hobble in here.
exciting skill. Okay, let's pray for the <laughs> pray for the kids. <laughs> Here, God, would you come and have our moms actually that are represented here? Would you come and have your way in that 